Hello, and welcome to the Dyslexia Podcast. I am Dr. Kelly Sandman Hurley, one of your co-hosts and co-founder of the Dyslexia Training Institute. I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Tracy Bloxaretsky. We will be talking about all things dyslexia, from personal stories of dyslexic individuals, to advocacy, to intervention, to accommodations, to social emotional health and current topics and events. So let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Dyslexia Buzz. I am Dr. Kelly Salmon Hurley. I am the co-founder of the Dyslexia Training Institute, along with my co-founder, Tracy Bloxaretsky. I am also a dyslexia advocate and a writer about all things dyslexia. Today, I will be flying solo as your host for this episode. But as a reminder, you can find more information about us at the Dyslexia Training Institute website. There we have up-to-date information about our upcoming virtual dyslexia conference and certificate programs, and so much more. In this episode, I'm going to be I'm going to try to take you inside an IEP meeting. Well, we'll be going inside part of an IEP meeting. This was a meeting that I attended as an advocate. I've removed all identifying information, and I'm sure many of you will be like, "Yeah, that sounds like a meeting I've been to." The IEP meeting ex- excerpt I chose focuses on a spelling goal and the conversation around how spelling was or wasn't taught to the student I was advocating for. This format is a little different from our previous podcasts but I've been willing to take the risk in the hopes that I can provide some insight about IEPs and advocacy along the way. But first, as in every, advo- in every podcast, I read a story about a person with dyslexia. In this episode, I'm going to start by sharing a story about a gentleman who I included in my, my newest book, The Adult Side of Dyslexia. In early 2019, right before the pandemic closed access to prisons, I was granted the opportunity to visit a medium security facility in Northern California, to tour the educational facilities, meet some of the teachers, and interview a few inmates about their literacy struggles. When I sat down and James came into the room, I was uncomfortable. I had never been to a prison before, so I was really nervous and weirdly excited. And I wasn't uncomfortable about meeting James. I was uncomfortable about comfortable about what I should be asking James and what was appropriate, what was inappropriate to ask him. As I began asking James about his school experience and how his undiagnosed dyslexia had affected him, he answered me by telling he answered by telling me a story about why he was in prison. He was there because he was arrested for stealing a car. He said he was buying a car and he was not able to read what he was signing during that process, and he thought he was signing an agreement for the car, which he wasn't. This led to me this led me to ask him if he thought he was in prison as a direct result of dyslexia. He emphatically said yes. And as I asked some more questions about his background, he shared that he had several brothers and sisters growing up, and as children, they had very little money. His mom was not capable of helping him for a plethora of reasons. He didn't blame his mom for this. He just noted that she had a lot going on with a lot of children and some of her own struggles and was not able to help him. His literacy struggles were never addressed by his family or his school. He shared his frustration with not being able to learn, not being able to get help, and basically not being given a chance to succeed. He had a young family of his own and he was distraught about not being with them. And he was worried about their own literacy struggles. He didn't want his children to struggle the way he did, but he couldn't do anything from prison. Being in prison is painful. Being away from family is painful. He should have been identified. He should have received help. He should have been able to read well enough to know what he was signing. That should have been his right. But for many adults like James, they remember school as a daily struggle with embarrassment and failure. They feel isolated and rarely find someone at school understands them or how to teach them. Some are lucky to have understanding and resourceful parents or family members, but for many, that is not the case. So that frustration, anxiety, anger, and hopelessness 
can manifest themselves in many ways. For some adults, they manifest in stomach aches and others as anxiety and in others, it might look like indifference and still in others, it can manifest in self-medicating. Now, while dyslexia may not manifest as a behavioral problem or a physical disability that is visible, a person with dyslexia can experience pain. It's emotional pain, physical pain, and even social angst. They might avoid social situations where reading and or spelling might happen publicly, such as at church, neighborhood meetings, and recovering meetings. Now, all the stories in my book mean a lot to me, but the stories I've heard from those who have been unemployed, underemployed, incarcerated, and or struggled with substance abuse really motivate me to keep, motivate me to keep trying to help. I hope you enjoyed the story about James. Um, he is, I think, emblematic of what can happen when you really don't have an advocate in the room and you don't have an attorney and you don't have after school resources um, because he was a very intelligent, articulate young man who just slipped through the cracks and ended up in prison because he was not able to read what he was signing. Okay, so now let's shift gears a little bit. So what I'll be doing is reading the transcript from an IEP meeting that I attended as an advocate. I'm going to read it pretty much verbatim, so it may be somewhat conversational and grammatically incorrect at times. There may even be incomplete sentences because this was a conversation. Um, there are some interruptions involved as well. I will switch from person to person and I will announce who was talking, who was doing the talking each time I switch. And I will intermittently explain what is going on and hopefully add some helpful information along the way. This IEP was for a sixth grade girl who had been struggling with reading and spelling and had been on IEP since second grade at the same school. This particular school provided education through uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. During the portion of the meeting that I'll be reading, the special education teacher, district representative, general education teacher, the parents, me, and the principal were involved in the conversation. I only use initials when referring to anyone's name. I change the name of the interventions to fictitious names, and I refer to the parents as mom and dad, which I normally don't do during a meeting. I generally refer to them by their names during meetings since I think it's more respectful. So during this reading, you'll hear me say, what do you think mom and dad? But normally I would say, what do you think? And then say their first names. All right, so let's get this party started. I'm going to start reading the transcript at the point where the special education teacher was reading a goal from the previous IEP to report on progress on the goal. The conversation then goes on to talk about the strategies that were used to try to accomplish the goal in question. So I will start by reading what she is saying, and then I will, when I switch to different people, I will let you know when I am switching. Special education teacher. The goal was given a set of 30 previously unseen polysyllabic words, including spelling patterns, such as vowel teams, silent E, consonant LE, and previously unmastered spelling skills, G will spell the words with 85% accuracy. Now, G refers to the student, <clears throat> her name starts with a G, but I'm only going to refer to her as G. And spelling, well, she definitely doesn't like to spell. She knows that it's difficult for her. I had her right on the board just to kind of keep her interested in it. And she averaged 60% with that. She got 7 out of 10 the first time, 4 out of 10 the second time, and 7 out of 10 the last time I did that with her. And they were mainly two syllables. But I did give her some prompting, but spelling is still difficult for her. Now, this is me speaking as the advocate. And just out of curiosity, how is she being taught spelling right now? How is that being taught? And in, in retrospect, and I'm adding this commentary, I should have asked her how much prompting she gave 
um, G as she was going, but I did not. Instead, I said, how is she being taught spelling right now? Special education teacher response. I would say it's more in context, expanding just the reading that she's been working on. She does the vocabulary words in class. I think it's just sort of exposing her to more. I did one day kind of an old fashioned sort of spelling list. And we talked about how we would write down the words and they all followed. I don't remember exactly what the pattern was, but we picked a common pattern. And I did that with her one day too. Okay, so this is my commentary. There is a lot to unpack here. This seems pretty random. Remember the goal stated that she would learn specific patterns, but the teacher is saying that she just worked on vocabulary words that came up and just chose a pattern with G to work on. Um, and it, it's, this would be good for a vocabulary goal, but it's not for the spelling goal that we were discussing. Okay, so then I asked a follow-up question. So she's not using a specific program, special education teacher. I did not use a specific program with her regularly, no, for spelling. She did in fifth grade, I think. I think Mrs. B had that built into the curriculum, but they don't do a specific spelling program in sixth grade. Okay, my commentary. So this is very important. She's diagnosed with dyslexia. We've now confirmed that they are not using an approach that is appropriate for someone with dyslexia. And this is extremely important for the record and why we ask questions and why we record all the meetings. So I asked about a specific program and the special education teacher said, no, we don't use a special program. And we are talking about progress on a goal about spelling. And it does not appear so far that they actually work towards that goal. So the school district representative who was there responded to the special education teacher, her response about not using a specific curriculum. But Mrs. A, doesn't the program that is being used incorporate spelling as one of their five, part of the instruction includes spelling with, with the writing piece maybe? And the program that the school district is re referring to is a program that's mainly computer-based, has minimal teacher instruction, it's a relatively popular and well-known program that um, doesn't have a lot of explicit teaching, like I said, mainly computer-based. The special education teacher responds, mm-hmm. And then I say, yeah, there's no spelling test built into it, teaching vocabulary or definitions. The district rep interrupts me. Sure, the spelling instruction comes through that program as well, referring back to the computer-based program. Special education teacher. In the way of vocabulary, then I guess, yeah, we did vocabulary at the beginning of each story that we read together, or we talked about the word and the definition and then used it in a sentence. So a special education teacher isn't willing to say that they worked on spelling like the district rep is trying to get her to say. So kudos to the teacher. But we are now aware that spelling was not taught. Um, and this has come up at least three times during this conversation. So then I follow up with a question as the advocate. So there's no explicit instruction about how a word is spelled, why it's spelled that way how she would break down a word. It sounds like that's not being used to help her understand how to spell a word. So why do we think she's, why do we think she's struggling with spelling? Why is it so hard for her? So I just posed the question to the whole team. Why do we think she's struggling with spelling? Why is it so hard for her? After a few seconds of awkward silence, a special education teacher responded, I think that sometimes she needs to hear all the parts of the word. She's getting better with being phonetic, which helps us understand a little bit better. That's what I noticed when I did the data the most recent time. I wouldn't prompt her to break it into the syllables to hear all the sounds. And I think it's just, she's needing the exposure. What I was taking away from it was that she's needing more exposure to the words and seeing them because she's got a good memory. So once she sees things and practices with them, then she's able to more readily read it correctly and then apply it in her writing. Um, so my commentary is she needs more exposure. She needs to see the word more. There's no explanation here about why she has trouble reading and spelling. So my question was, why does she have trouble spelling? And I asked that question because I'm trying to uncover some bias and also try to figure out 
how much the teacher understands about why someone with dyslexia would struggle. Then the general education teacher joins the conversation to answer my question about why she has struggled, why she has trouble with spelling. I would agree with that. And she also tends to rush a little bit when she's writing. So that, so it doesn't, so it doesn't always look at the, she doesn't always look at the word to make sure that she's copying it correctly and spelling it correctly. So she does tend to rush through that part of it. But with a computer-based program, like Mrs. A had said, it gives vocabulary and then it gives definitions for the vocabulary. There's not a whole lot of actual spelling in the program, short of what's built into the vocabulary. So my commentary. Again, not answering the question about why she's struggling. Instead, the onus is put on the student to take her time. This is important because the purpose of the question is to uncover any bias. How do the students view the student? Do they believe, do they believe the student is a problem? Do they have any training in why spelling is so hard? Do they believe the student is trying? Do they understand how to teach spelling? So as the advocate, I follow up with a question. So I don't know about mom and dad, but what I'm hearing is that there wasn't a lot of spelling instruction, explicit spelling instruction that we thought was being done for someone who had dyslexia in the last year. It sounds a little bit more like multiple choice questions about spelling, context, trying to memorize it, that kind of thing. Is that what you guys hear, mom and dad? And then mom says, yeah, I have concerns that she hasn't been getting the specific instruction that she needs for someone with dyslexia to overcome her dyslexia. And it seems like that piece is missing. And as far as exposure, that girl reads books like nobody's business. She constantly has a book in her hands, constantly on her iPad, on those books. And those words are right there. She doesn't just listen, she looks. It's highlight, it highlights the words for her. It looks, so the exposure is there, but I feel like, again, I don't have dyslexia, but I feel like whatever key she needs, she's not getting it. So I thought this was really important for mom to say because she's showing that she's the true advocate. <clears throat> she's rebutting what the teachers are saying. She's saying that her daughter does read and is exposed to lots of written words, but she still can't spell. Then the district rep says, it was built into the previous computer program when she had that program. The spelling portion was built into that program. So, I mean, that was specific spelling instruction in that program. And she graduated out of the program, but there's certainly a part you can circle back and address that we know she's a better decoder, but it hasn't obviously transitioned over to the spelling, the encoding. So we can certainly look back at the portions of what needs to be addressed through the direct instruction approach to the computer program. So my commentary on that, on what she said is, the major problem here is that the district rep is admitting that the student was graduated from a program that she didn't actually master. Now it is being recommended that she do it again. And this is expecting the child to change and not the program. If the program didn't work the first time, why would we make them do it again? Children are not struggling with reading and spelling on purpose. And then the spell special education teacher continues. And then I think that in fifth grade, Mrs. B was doing direct instruction with spelling. I think I mentioned it. I don't know for sure exactly what that looked like. So like what you're saying, I took over this position in November. So from November through February, when I collected my data with her, we did like what you were saying, mainly looking at the choices to work on the goal and in the context, the vocabulary and exposure. But before that, I believe there was more explicit instruction from fifth grade. And again, this is an admission that there was no instruction to meet the goal. So this, the, you know, I, I feel for the special education teacher in this specific instance, because she did come in midway through an IEP and, but she wasn't given what she needed. There was no transition. There was no one to tell her what needed to happen. However, the school still graduated somebody out of a program without having her meet the goal. Then the district rep says, and then the new program has 
the sixth grade curriculum. This program does have spelling built into it. There's a vocabulary and spelling section. I'm not sure if Mrs. M is using it or not. So that's something then I ask because the district rep is now suggesting a new program that um, the student can use that might have spelling built into it. So my question to her is, is that a program that's, I'm sorry, is that a program that's appropriate for someone with dyslexia? I don't know what it is because I had never heard of the program before. The district rep said, yes. Then I followed up and said, it is. And I kind of looked at her like, really, don't lie to me. I know more than you think I do. And then the district rep changed her, ver her words and said, it would be. It's grade level curriculum, but can also adjust to itself. It's just itself to, it provides options for sentence starters within the program. It provides a lot of support within the program for most students. So Mrs. Mrs. M, are you using the program? And so, you know, we have to really look at her words. What, what does she mean it would be? It doesn't make sense. What do you mean the program would be? We have to know whether it is or not. Special education teacher. Due to our time constraints, we haven't started with the new program this year. We have been working on the vocabulary building and focusing on the writing and the grammar and the punctuation. There are points when we discuss the patterns of grammar and words. So there's a little bit in there. And then I ask, but this program is a program that's used with people with dyslexia. District rep responds, it's a general education program. I respond, yeah, okay. So that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, thank you. And I didn't follow up. I didn't think there was a need to ask more questions. We just heard what we needed for the record. What, we, what they're using is not appropriate for someone with dyslexia. They haven't started using it yet. They weren't using it all year. We have everything we need for the record. So I don't need to keep belaboring the point. Then the principal jumps in and says, so can I ask a question of the team with this particular issue? Is your spelling such that predictive software is not going to help? If I'm writing something, I'm using technology. Are we not good enough yet to start having that predictive spelling work for her? I respond, I know it's, it's there, but it's her spelling level such that sometimes if it's not close enough, it's not going to work, right? Special education teacher, right, no, principal. And I certainly want all of our kids to be able to spell, but I want to be clear to our junior high kids that our principal, me, doesn't spell very well at all at this point. And so a lot of times with our junior high kids, we're looking at how the spelling is affected in their publishable pieces and the work that they have to submit and hand in. And the spelling isn't a standard that we're working on. We've been getting to junior high that much. So it's really about, for me, making sure that Lexile level gets to a point <clears throat> where she can read the academic text and understand it and then her ideas in writing get across and that we support the spelling. Not to say that we shouldn't continue to work on it, but I'm curious as we go forward looking at this, this is what I would be talking about within a junior high kid. Now my commentary about his comments is his comments are well-intentioned, but it also reveals that he does not think spelling is important. It does not really understand the long-term impact of poor spelling. Mom responds, I feel that when we talk about inappropriate public education, I don't know that what's been done up until this point is appropriate for someone with dyslexia. I think great if you're talking about 85% of the rest of the class, but I don't know that G is getting what she needs. And I don't want to gloss over any of these skills that are going to help her in the future. Should she go on to write big papers or do big, do big research projects that she's constantly having to fall back on? I mean, I used to hate as a kid when I'd have to ask my parents to spell something and they'd say, well, you have a dictionary, look it up. Well, if you don't know how to spell the word, you can't look it up because you're in the O's and it's E and it's an A. And I don't feel like she's getting those skills, those core skills that I guess come easy to people without dyslexia. And then I responded as the advocate, 
And if you ask anyone with dyslexia, which I have, they're going to tell you that spelling does matter. And what you're suggesting is that she use accommodations, which I'm 100% in agreement with, but it's still, we don't want to tell people that it's not important. They can just use their accommodations. They still need to have that skill. It does prevent them. You can tell them not to worry about their spelling all day long. They're still going to worry about it. They're still going to use the word big instead of enormous. So it's embarrassing for them. It's not always about academic papers, but even writing a grocery list in front of a friend, writing something on the board in front of a friend. If you spell it wrong, your friends make fun of you. All of these things are still important and it just sounds like it hasn't really been addressed. I mean, obviously we don't teach it in seventh grade because we were supposed to teach it in third grade and that hasn't happened here. So that's the real problem. District rep responding to me. So I think if we look at the goals we're proposing, we're still including the spelling goal because I think that is an area that is still in need for her and it's still an area to be addressed. I think there was some miscommunication with the case manager handoff. It was being addressed in that curriculum and when she graduated, but clearly we still have some work to do in this area. So we can circle back on our new goal and talk about what's a good way to tackle the goal moving forward. So here the district rep is trying to keep control of the meeting and what is said. I also think she's cognizant of the amount of time we have in a meeting. I agree that this was a good time to change the topic. We were able to document what we needed to document during the conversation. And, and then I ended it. I had one more thing to say. And I said, I am in agreement that this still needs to be a goal and we need to put something in place to teach her what she needs and how she needs it. So to summarize, that was a conversation about the progress on one goal in an IEP meeting for a sixth grade girl. Even though this was only about one goal, we learned a lot. We learned that she wasn't receiving an appropriate approach, which was big. We learned that she was graduated out of a program she didn't master. We learned that they really don't know how to teach spelling and we are not even sure they think it's important. I chose not to belabor the conversation because we did learn all of that and we did have it all recorded. So I hope that was a helpful exercise. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to head over to the Dyslexia Buzz Facebook page or our Twitter page. You can also visit the Dyslexia Training Institute social media on Facebook, Twitter, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, remember that children with dyslexia become adults with dyslexia. Everything we do and say to them matters. Have a wonderful day.